1: Stick around until the end of the episode to hear the trailer of the Athletics' next narrative series titled Luck, where the Athletics Colts writer Zach Kiefer will bring you Andrew Luck's story like you've never heard it before. He spoke with over two dozen people, from Jim Ursay and Bill Polian to Frank Reich and Chuck Pagano to David Shaw and RG3, to peel back the curtain in a way that's never been done before on one of the most unique careers in NFL history. Get all six episodes of Luck on the Athletic Football Show feed on Monday, July 11th, wherever you listen to podcasts.
0: All right, everybody working up. Everybody's working. But that time's yours. I'm not sure
1: if everyone listening is immediately going to realize this is true. I'm not even completely sure my two co-hosts on this show are completely completely confident that they know that this is true. I bet Nate does. Seth might not have even had this hit him yet.
2: Do you know what month it is fellas? I just realized this because I almost watched an entire family um, an entire family's demise brought to you by Simply Safe. So I, I do know what month it is. <laughs> And you know, uh, (laughs) like I don't even want to discuss said clip. I just know that everyone's seen it, which tells me what month it is.
3: (laughs) I I that took me a minute to catch that, and now I'm just seeing it over and over and the way you framed it an entire family's demise because those people straight up almost died
2: i was i was <laughs> that af- car does not work anymore i no. was afraid for everybody's health like yes. um and again like incredible marketing simply safe um so <laughs> yeah, but, <laughs> well, we we might want to release this video so that you know that, like hey It's mostly for protection, of which we could not afford you any in this (laughs) scenario, but brought to you by Simply (laughs) Safe.
3: We could not. We can't help you if you try to blow yourself up with a firework that honest to God should not be publicly available. Like, what is that? Like, if you bought enough of those, you could conquer a small country. Like... That was that. Like that's not a firework. That is a bomb, <laughs> and it's awesome.
1: But I don't know. I don't know if you guys saw. There was somebody on Twitch recently who almost lit his house on fire, lighting a Pikachu firework in his room, <laughs> oh. and then his mom shows up towards the end. He's yelling for his mom, maybe just to get out of the house because he was not totally on board with what he had just done. Uh, they're just uh, the one thing that this that the uh, social media generation has brought us is. Absolutely unlimited access to people making terrible mistakes with fireworks. I think in both of these instances, only you know some light property damage, so we can joke about it. We're safe there.
3: <laughs> that's that's safe. Yeah, as long so, as you know people are okay, <laughs> or more yeah. or less, I suppose. Simply safe did not clarify that, like you know, the children that you saw venture near the firework in the <laughs> beginning, they're okay. Because that I was watching, I was like, man, they're
2: they're awfully close. Uh, it es- like. it, look, it escalated in such a way that I kind of legally, to Seth's point, might want to know, is everyone's limbs still intact? Like, <laughs> it, it, I,
1: I feel like we would have heard about it, you know, if there had been... Something unfunny about that video, other than yes again, that car no longer working I, you know I, it feels I tell you what guys, if there was something we missed we 'll find out about that about ten minutes after this podcast is released we 'll
2: all find out <laughs> together because lots of people will tell us, and we 'll yeah. have to
1: issue a public apology
2: yeah I, look um it 's early July uh hope everybody had a nice holiday um you still haven't gotten the right answer yet, though, guys. Like, I am disappointed. And you've got like fireworks, independence. It is all of training
3: that. camp month, my that friend. Is yeah I
2: it's
1: was training camp month. Nate, why don't you sound more excited?
2: I was getting there because I, I always excited. tell people. I always tell people it's closer. It comes. It, it comes sooner than you think. It, it's mm-hmm. closer than you anticipate. And and yes, in, it takes longer than you'd expect. Whew! In two weeks' time, y'all. Uh. Me and St. Joseph are going to get reacquainted yet again. Oh, uh, I have
3: so much to do still. I know. Save. Oh, I I just, like, I have not. You know what? No, you know what? I've made it through some of the things I promised to do. I still I still haven't even reviewed, like, Josh Allen's snaps from the divisional round. Like, that's the, the quiet part of the season you, is you not. Don't, you don't want to do
2: that. You don't want to do that.
3: Uh, no, no. Oh, no. The defense was bad. <laughs> Like, like some of the, some of these touchdowns, it's like to Josh Allen's credit, he did throw the football 30 yards in stride with the receiver, but there was not a soul to be found anywhere within 10 yards of that receiver, which made the throw admittedly easier in some cases. Um, But I, I promised people I would because I have definitively and, and without any doubt stated that Patrick Mahomes played the closest thing to a perfect game that is physically possible. And given that Josh Allen was really awesome in that game, it's worth comparing. And my readers ask, and I don't take their hard-earned money and not ask or answer. I did not answer questions that are asked of me.
1: So we're charting Josh Allen snaps, my friend. I mean, I look whenever it's going to be weird when you drop that in week seven, but I guess we'll take it because uh, that's what like what you guys are experiencing is also what I've been experiencing lately. Where late June is like, God, I would just, I would, I would fight a grizzly bear for just a a, a droplet of NFL news, and then early July, it's like, oh God, I'm not ready. Oh no, oh no, I need, I need to pack my St. Joe hat. Like that's. You know, that's sort of where we're at. It's a, it's a, it's a, I, I knew it was really time whenever I saw Nate Taylor roster projection on the theathletic.com, oh,
2: yeah. by the way. Whew.
1: I was like, yo, we, baby, we're back.
2: Yep. Yeah. I've
1: seen the light again. We're home. Yeah. We
2: made Yeah. It. Yeah. I, you know, I'm, it's weird. My body clock, I guess, is still sort of set to like waking up at six in the morning to have breakfast at Wimbledon. And then like mm. in, in two weeks time, it'll be like, Waking up to have breakfast at St. Joseph uh, with Missouri Western State University. So, like, it's a it's a weird transition to be like, oh, breakfast at Wimbledon. Like, will Djokovic win the match? You know, what about Nick Kyrgios, who's been, you know, just an amazing uh storyline throughout the tournament? Poor Samona Hallep. Darn it. But now we root for Ange Dibur. But anyway, like. Seth, real quick, Seth, how many
1: that, of those names had you ever heard before? I
3: I didn't even know where – I wasn't even aware that that many vowels exist in the
1: Anj, – um. <laughs>
3: that Never mind. Those are all consonants. I don't even know what's <laughs> happening here. I thought Nate was having a stroke. Poor, he's poor. Just like, guys, you got to be careful for the sledge. And that's like, like, like hey.
2: You know, and, and it's okay. Everybody needs time to, like, get away from what their main thing is. And, and this is sort of, like, how I get through it. Um, yes. You know, because I can't play Pokemon. Although I did introduce, <laughs> I did introduce to my son the Spider Man video game. And oh. ladies and gentlemen, we have what might be a slight addiction. Um,
1: oh, we have a winner! Oh, oh is it's it? So are, are you fun. talking
2: about Miles Morales, the, the PS5 one? We're going, we're going, we're going one at a time. So that's that's coming up next. Uh, he's aware of it. He loves the movies. Um, so it was a which, clear. So, sorry,
1: which which game? Sorry, this is the most. So interesting. we're doing we're doing the, the first of this podcast one. <laughs> We're doing the first one, okay? But the 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 first PS five one that broke everybody's brains.
2: Yeah, yeah. yeah. Oh, okay. Well, we well we, I, I have, we not have played it. We have the PS four, and so the morale, PS4. the Miles Morales okay. one is coming up next. Got it. Um, okay. okay, okay. So I, you know, shout out to Danielle Lehman. I, I can't say anybody's names right now. There's too many names in my head. But shout out to Danielle. I remember her playing it and telling us that it was going to be great yes. for Hayden. and now. Uh, we're here, and he's, you know, web-slinging across New York City. It's amazing. Oh, I'm so excited about this. It's On a lot of On your behalf and his behalf and the yeah. one's behalf. <laughs> well, not to Holly's, but it's, it's uh, amazing.
0: Look,
1: <laughs> I mean, I, if she, if Holly has to be the one here who does not benefit from this, I guess that's how it goes, but I am, I'm very excited. Just really, just for the, a very formative time in yeah. Young Hayden's life.
2: Yeah, in young video game uh gameplay, but look, all I'm saying is, I understand the comments in the in in the in the article. Yes, it it's my first you know, four way back into swimming. I guess uh, in the usual waters, were, were people mean in the comments? No, they were just asking me about Justin Ross, and I was like, ah, okay, we're, we're gonna get to that. We're gonna get to that, but. But all I'm saying is, literally, guys, like Andy Reid's gonna do this in about ten days' time, and he also too will be like, yeah, I just haven't thought about Justin Ross because, like, it's not football season. Like I, like I had to put together a 53-man roster, which is, you know, this is probably, and I'll I'll be honest, this is perhaps the weakest one, and that's the hope because I don't know. I'll, I'll see practices. I'll get a real sense. I'll obviously talk to people within the organization, we'll have preseason games to like evaluate on necessarily uh, in, in a, in a very strong way. But all I'm saying is, is that like uh, he's got a hard it's it's hard. It's hard to make an NFL roster and guys like it's a tough I, road to hoe. Yeah, it's a tough, it, it's a bit tough, but at the same time, I also understand too, that like I, I have to value guys who have done it before. In the early portion. So, like, am I, you know, am I back all the way? No, we all need to get into a acclamation rhythm, period. Um, I'm watching a lot of tennis, guys, and, like, <laughs> I don't know if Justin Ross is going to be the sixth wide receiver or not. I, I, I really don't. And it, and they might not keep six, which is something we will obviously discuss from now up until cut-down day on August 30th. Like, who knows? Maybe they keep five, Uh, you know.
3: That's the type of that's the time of year it is where yeah. you're just you. You don't even know how many they're going to keep on the roster. You don't know how guys are going to look uh, training camp and preseason training camp post pads and preseason matter a lot. And and just uh, just to save you, Nate, I have been stunned at the amount of excitement over. Justin Ross, not because I think he can't possibly make it, but it just reminds me, and I'm reminded of this every year, people fall in love with players they haven't really seen or seen much of. Those dudes, like if you asked, I I really believe this, if you asked an average Chiefs fan whether to keep or cut between Justin Ross and McCole Hardman, I feel like half of them would say, keep Ross. That and can't be true, right? I mean, that, I, mean I, I, would, I, would, I would hope not. I ju- I'm just saying, I feel like, and and, and, and Hardman is actually a guy I'm going to be talking about a little bit later on a fantasy football thing I'm doing. That You know, if he falls late enough, he's worth grabbing because he's going to get some cheap targets. But we just so, love.
1: Sorry. Whoa, th- sorry. This is the first time I met Seth Kaiser, fantasy football expert, and I about fell out of my chair. That was Whoa, wild.
3: Now, you know, look, at the Chief in the North newsletter. We strive to provide whatever content you need. Drop the big why. board, man.
1: No, drop the big. Let's do it.
3: Let's really do it. Who's QB7
1: for you?
0: <laughs>
3: <laughs> Who's QB7?
1: I actually have been told. Uh, I, I had someone
3: say to Is he to me, in
2: the United States Football League? <laughs> yeah. I,
3: I had I had someone say to me, because of like the amount of film that I do try to watch, and I pay attention to the league pretty closely, obviously, for context with the Chiefs. And I had someone say to me, you are literally leaving money just sitting there by not writing about fantasy football. And I was like, yeah, probably. But is it gambling? That's what I need to know. And <laughs> That's a great
1: point. But no, I actually That's a great point. So I, I'm looking I, I'm looking here at the 90 range and I think I'm going to have my choice between Michael Thomas and Alan Lazard. Obviously, you know, a chance for a bigger role in Green Bay for Lazard, Michael Thomas coming off an injury. Seth, your thoughts? My
3: thoughts are that, you know, if I was going to pick between one of the two, Lazard, his only real competition is a rookie that is really unknown with the Green Bay roster. And Michael oh. Thomas has been coming back from an injury, he said with air quotes, for a couple of years now, has never proved himself outside of Drew Brees and Sean Payton's system. I would go with Lazard. Mm. I'm going to I'm going to Venmo you a dollar. That analysis was so good. <laughs> so I, I actually have a thought on the time of year it is because something interesting just happened. In the last like two minutes as we were starting to record this. This is the time of year where I quote tweet with eye emojis or actually I just put in parentheses eyes emoji. The a a Chiefs player. Just basically sitting with being at some kind of training facility and rolling his ankle around on something. (laughs) That's what I did today. That's the time of year it is. And then that tweet of that player doing something with his ankles got deleted. <laughs> that's the time of year it is because the, you know how you know it it's 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 July is I find that darn intriguing right now. <laughs> I, I'm sitting here like,
2: well, that's weird that they would delete that, isn't it Well, look, I mean, we talk about hip flexibility. But not enough about how much can you come back from rolling your ankle in a game? You know, you know I, I'm, how's those ankles rolling? <laughs> Are they taped up properly? <laughs> well, then,
3: but here, here's the interesting thing: this player was George Carlottis
1: mm-hmm.
3: working on some ankle flexibility, and apparently we're not supposed to know <laughs> because now it's gone and. I'm just curious, and Josh just Venmo'd me ten cents.
1: I rethought it, and I felt like I was overpaying for a dollar, but a, but a, a dime felt right.
3: Well, I I do tend to offer things for a significantly lesser amount than. Yeah, I didn't
1: I didn't feel bad. That was that was basically a year to the chief of the North newsletter. So I thought, you know what, that's good enough. Um, yeah, just keep just keep it coming. You know, there's there's more where that comes from. Thanks. <laughs> Don't spend it all in one place. I can't. even. I'm sorry, I have nothing to add. I
3: need
2: a second. <laughs> so Josh, how was your how how is your summer going?
1: It's been great, man. I've just been snorting Kevin Durant to the Suns content for like a week and a half now. I'm lightheaded. I haven't eaten
2: in a month. Um, well Well hey, when they gonna when they gonna send when they gonna send the big man to Indiana? Okay, let's let's get this moving. It's July seventh, KD.
1: I need you to get in touch with your with your old Pacers contacts and just tell them to hold off on the Aiton thing for a minute because the Suns and Nets are really not done wasting each other's time yet. And if the Pacers jump the line, it's going to throw off. But it, every, but everybody, I'm never going to recover from this. Look, one way everybody, or
2: the other. look, everybody knows Aiton's going to Indiana. It's, it's just terrible. tried and true. It's it's the way this is supposed to work. Um, <laughs> Poor Timberwolves fans, by the way, who have to live like this. We just got good and we did this. <sighs> Anthony Edwards has to be now Michael Jordan. Great, yeah. Which great. I think he's ready to be. Like right. him, himself, and I think he looks in the mirror. He's like, "Yeah, I'll be, I'll, I'll
1: be Michael Jordan." Sure. Yeah, you, I'll be. I'll be, be.
2: Like, can can we get can we get a series between them and the Mavericks uh, next April? Yes. I would. I would, that en- I would enjoy that immensely. You know. Um, yeah, man. I mean, you know, huge congrats to you. You're like, you know. um, Advancing much faster than probably me and Seth were in our careers at your age. So, congratulations to you. Thanks, man. What a weird compliment. No, it, it's it's. I just wanted to get Seth back. That's all.
3: I'm yeah, back. True. No, I'm back. You mentioned the Timberwolves. I'm like, hey, they're in my neck of the woods, and apparently they did something stupid.
2: Um, yeah, I won't say it's stupid. I just
3: say it's, it's a bit peculiar.
2: Um, yeah,
3: that's all. Is that the, uh, oh, they traded for the dude that people, you know what? I remember, no, you,
1: nope. Yeah, yeah, yeah. He's, he's so sort of s- patient zero. I mean, that's sort of like, that's a part of no, his. No, they call whole... him the big corona, right? Wow. No, I mean, that's wow. not... That's what
3: I'd heard. And look,
2: he's a good player, isn't he's he's good player. He's, yeah. he's, he? He's a good player. He's, he's, Sorry, sorry,
1: sorry, 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 name, name. I love you like a brother, but I need you to shut up for just one second, please. Just shut your mouth. What was his name, Seth? <laughs> his real name, legal <laughs> name. What was his name? what did you, what did you, Gor- you call? Gorbet?
3: Yes, oh, yes, oh, yes. It. Got it I won. sensed a trap,
1: and I was like, "Man, looks a little French." <laughs> yeah, yeah, no, dude. Gore, yeah, it rhymes with sorbet. You, sorry, yeah. guy, you nailed it. Anyway, Nate, you were saying about Rudy Gobert?
2: No, uh, like, Gobert. He's <laughs> a, he's a, he's he is a quality <laughs> player at an age where he probably won't get better, and he can't really shoot in a league where shooting is at an absolute premium. So hey. Go out there and defend your you-know-what's-off. Um, do you I, think The Athletic would
1: let us do a a basketball podcast that's really just sort of... <laughs> like, you really caring, Nate. Me caring about one, one team, team and a couple yeah. other national things. And then Seth just making 90s references and learning it, the names of players. It I think be. that show is
2: great. It would be great. Um, it would be. And then... Trying to explain to Seth why no one wants to play for the Knicks. Um, but hey,
3: <laughs> you know, even I, I'm close <laughs> enough. I'm, I, I know Maddie V well enough to be a little familiar oh, with man. that. Because you can't, you can't have a two it. minute conversation with Maddie V without him dropping an f bomb about the Knicks or the Athletics. Um, <laughs>
2: he like he can't help himself. So
3: no, that one I'm familiar with. So um,
2: yeah, so. Uh, um, dear listener, thank you. Um, can I now remind people that by the moment we pressed record on our technology devices, we have now officially entered Orlando Brown Week. There
1: it is. Like, mm-hmm. it is.
2: so uh, I so, to feel the walls closing in. I was afraid we weren't going to get
1: back to Chief stuff at all this show. And I'm, I'm tell me about Orlando Brown Week. How, ha, happy Orlando Brown
2: Week to you and yours, Nate. So. Here we go. I'm not gonna try to Brian Windhorse you. I'm not gonna oh. try to do it. I'm not. I'm not gonna do it. Oh no! Please don't. I can't. My heart can't handle
3: it. Man, he was good at
1: that. He I was so to, good. So I listened to
3: that man tell a story about shopping for shampoo <laughs> and then returning it because it turns out you were allergic, but you lost the receipt.
2: <laughs> <laughs> so, so look. Why? Why would Orlando Brown kind of hire man. a man? who had never represented an NFL client. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Why, would why, why would the Chiefs trade a first round pick <laughs> and then franchise tag that player that they traded for and then not sign him to a long-term deal? Mm-hmm. Why what? has there been no updates <laughs> in the run-up to this since about you know mandatory minicamp? So I know people are interested. I don't really have anything of significance to offer you. Um, I Again, I'm not, I'll just say it. I, I don't have it, guys. But I think the odds are still probably in Orlando Brown's favor. And this is the question that I will ask to you, gentlemen. And I think I've referenced it before. And this is for the audience as well, for Chiefs fans. Really think about this question over the next week. Are you ready and or willing to pay Orlando Brown more money than Ronnie Stanley. Because that is where I believe this all lies. And who wins the negotiation in relationship to that contract, which I know you're going to reference here in a minute, Josh, will sort of tell you how the next seven to eight days are going to go with the deadline being on Friday at, I believe, three o'clock Central Standard Time.
1: Can I can I just baselessly theorize about one part of one of maybe maybe one of your hypothetical questions? I just want to float this out there. Do you think that it would all be this level of quiet if things were going poorly? Mm. Because that, my hunch, just <laughs> just sniffing around, just sniffing, would be that we. I feel like it usually gets public whenever at least one side starts getting desperate or annoyed or unhappy with the direction things are going in. Mm-hmm. And I and it has been very quiet since he just simply wasn't at minicamp. There was no, you know, he wasn't out in the parking lot, you know, holding a a picket sign or anything. He's just just not there. And I feel like I feel like in this case, no news might be okay news.
3: I I mean, have we considered the fact that? Given that he hired a dude that like has no media contacts, maybe they don't know how to leak him being displaced. <laughs> <laughs> that's not fair. I'm sorry. I don't know that guy. I'm sure he's good at his job. It My just DMs are open,
2: man. It, it was, was low telling.
3: hanging fruit. Yeah, man, yeah, I'll I'll leak the daylights out of something.
1: Are you kidding? And no one will believe it if it's me though, that's, is the one problem.
3: That's so maybe where this show
1: is, this, yeah, this show devolved into Seth's fantasy advice for a dime and and then us begging for scoops. Yeah, this show used to stand for something. <laughs> Did it though? No, not really. <laughs> yeah, Asher me... Aikman. <laughs> <laughs> that was the yeah. That
3: the was video. that was the apex. I, I I tend to agree that no news is good news. I mean, the Chiefs are gonna always keep stuff quiet, um, unless that I've noticed occasionally. Occasionally, you'll hear something about unreasonable contract demands, you know, or. You know, you know, it's it rumor is that player X wants to be the highest paid player in the league and the Chiefs won't budge. Mm-hmm. Something like that, that would be a team leak. Yes, like right. the heroic team is holding the gap against the evil capitalist, you know or whatever, yep. right? I I haven't heard anything like that. So that's nice.
1: Also, I appreciate you helping me stall because whenever I got to the page for left tackle contracts, Ronnie Stanley wasn't on it on track, and I realized that he is just listed as a tackle. So if you just go to the left tackles, it's not good enough. So <laughs> the, the Ronnie Stanley numbers, again, He this is signing at the age of 26, five-year deal worth just a little under $99 million, a little under 20 average annual value, mm-hmm. um, but 65, 64 and change guaranteed at signing, which is the the most of any active Tackle in football, presumably that would be the most ever if I'm not just blanking on somebody. Um, so his his yearly rate is is a little bit lower than than a handful of other guys, but his uh, his guaranteed number being at that age as well that's the that's the gigantic number. Laramie Tunsil signed a year younger than that. Um, he's in that 22 range, and then it's David Bakhtiari and Trent Williams. And uh, in, in terms of average annual value guaranteed at signing or I really like the practical guaranteed on Track. Um that's Ronnie Stanley, David Bakhtiari, Ryan Ramzik, Trent Williams, Lane Johnson, etc. Yep. So I mean it to, to your point there Nate, you're saying it's it's going to have to be around that 5 years j- just to sort of round off the Ronnie Stanley numbers. That would be 5 years, 100 million 20 per year, 65 guaranteed at signing. Now that, that would just barely overshoot his numbers in each of those categories.
2: Correct. And the reason why You would need the fifth year is to make the third year more manageable in some Mm. senses and to protect the player from saying I can at least get to the third year, knowing that the fourth and fifth year are mostly funny money or to be renegotiated if you are playing at top level uh, at your position. So um, in terms of getting the number that you want, a fifth year helps uh, the player and the agent uh, because they say, hey, it's 100 million dollars. And for the team, a fifth year can help you in structuring certain things so that um, maybe that third year isn't as prohibitive of a cost as it would be if it's on a four-year contract.
1: Since we are kind of stuck in a spot without knowing what exactly the structure would look like, we have an idea, but without knowing exactly what Orlando Brown's camp values or, or what kind of flexibility the Chiefs prefer, like do, do you feel that in, in the generalities that we're stuck in, that the Chiefs are largely prepared to... I, Prepared to pay him that? Honestly, I can't imagine they wouldn't be prepared to be here for the negotiations of it all. They traded for him and franchise tagged him, but it. it what What do you think the split is right now? Because last time we talked, been a couple of weeks. Seemed like you felt like it could still go a number of ways, and I'm I'm wondering right. if you think there's a better chance the Chiefs balk or that Browns camp balk.
2: Ooh, that's a that's a really good question. Um, look, the player can always. Um, if they're if they're comfortable doing this, and you know, I think they're probably in the minority compared to their peers. But the player can always say, "I can get more by playing well this season and getting to free agency." Now, mm-hmm. for obvious reasons, there are risks involved. Playing on the franchise tag is sort of a diabolical measure um, that does not put the onus really on the team um, beyond that one year. Uh, from a security standpoint, you know, I think it makes. You know, logically, it makes sense for both team or excuse me, both parties to get a, a deal done um, because the quarterback is comfortable with the left tackle. The left tackle got better throughout the course of the season within the offense, which was different than what he had come from in, in Baltimore. and And Seth has mentioned that before, so it, it makes a lot of sense to to get a deal done. It's just, I think, I really think that like this was about. October, Um, it was pretty clear to me that Ronnie Stanley's deal was a barometer, sort of a measuring stick, sort of a framework to work off of with the understanding that the cap will go up, Um, but you you do want to take that next step. Is he David Bakhtiari, Seth? No. Is he... Trent Williams. No. Easy Laramie Tunzel? Yeah, I could get there. And so for Rodney Stanley, because of durability and where he was paid similar to his age, similar to where he was in his career, as you mentioned, Josh, um, all those reasons give me the sense that like he probably wants to be of that caliber in terms of respect, in terms of pay, and of status in the league. Uh, to where he is one of the highest paid left tackles in the league. Um, I don't believe Orlando Brown wants to be the highest left tackle in the league because I don't think anybody would advising him would suggest that that is actually obtainable mm-hmm. at this stage in his career. He is not Trent Williams. So, um, and Trent Williams has had years to prove that out. And differently from you, Orlando. He, he reached free agency. So, mm-hmm. Um, there are slight differences to all these things, but I think comparably uh, he wants to probably be paid more than Ronnie Stanley's deal.
1: Anything you want to add there, Seth, before we shift into some other stuff?
2: I would just say that um, given his
3: durability, the fact that he's proven and that kind of stuff, giving him a lot of guaranteed money isn't necessarily something I'd be against doing. Um, but man, 70 is a lot. It's a lot. of money. Mm-hmm. But I, at the same time, if it allows you to, save the money um, in terms of year by year. Sometimes the juice is worth the squeeze there. Orlando Brown, from everything I can tell, seems like a player who cares a great deal about his legacy and cares a great deal. I mean, there's a reason he wants to play left tackle, right? Like these things matter to him. And I think being Mahomes left tackle, I I, I was going to take a long road to a short thought, but I know we don't have a ton of time today. Um, I would just say, I don't think he's a guy that's going to get paid and then you know, it'll just be squandered. Right. He's shown that he's an above average left tackle. He's at the same level. Actually, he's at a higher level than Eric Fisher was when Fisher got paid. Um, and and I think he's shown that he can perform better against top-level competition. Fisher got roughly, it was like a top seven or eight-ish contract when he got paid, and people were horrified. But, I mean, that's just the nature of the, the business. Yeah. I, I could live with it that i could live with a high guaranteed number or i could live with a high yearly number what i'm afraid is it's going to be both mm-hmm. and 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 that just sometimes is what you do because right now they're in a position to where they know what they're doing at left guard, center, right guard and hopefully right tackle for like the next 4 years it would be nice to lock down left tackle too and the cap is about to do some bananas things barring, you know, monkey pox being worse than anything else that's come or something else crazy
1: happening. Monkeypox was one that I heard.
3: Which that's, sounds, no, that's
1: out there. It sounds it sounds horrible. It sounds like the the disease at the beginning of a movie about the end of the world. Oh yeah, it
3: absolutely does. It's like, you know, until the great monkey pox of twenty twenty two. Like that, that, that's what you hear in the voiceover at the beginning of a post-apocalyptic movie, right it, before you cut to some dude walking through the ruins of New York City. In a series of
1: events scientists are calling unprecedented, uh, victims of monkeypox are beginning to roam around the streets with a vague look on their face, looking for, I'm sorry, what's that sound? brains oh my god we gotta go (laughs) that's that's what i think
3: that's how it always goes so i i do think that the brown story they're really what's interesting is that you know there's not a lot of like drama with the chiefs right now and this is basically it right like i mean everything else is just Ah, i guess we'll see what happens with tight end two and tight end three Mm -hmm. or you know we think mvs and juju will be you know, good options, will they be great options? You know, how will Sky Moore develop as a rookie? Like, those things are all interesting, but, like, there's not, like, drama. And that would be another reason why it'd be nice to get this closed yeah. out. Because if, if if he just signs the franchise tag, then that whole year goes by where it's like, okay, gonna have a fight at the end of this year.
2: <laughs> yeah, I, it's, you. you're right, Seth. It's, this is it. Um the quarterback is healthy so you always think about that quarterback's healthy and and seems to be pleased with the organization uh head coach uh no changes there um i think you know what is our, what is to come over the next 8 days following that is will the chiefs uh acquire another defensive end or slash pass rusher uh, cuz i do think that's an option before training camp Um, or at the start of training camp somewhere in there. I think that's a possibility. And then will Rashad Fitton uh, participate at some point uh, in camp? Will he be available for preseason? Will he be available week one because he's coming off the the shoulder surgery? That's the real surgery that is, um, at least uh, that I've been made aware of, this offseason that is of significance. And, of course, he didn't really participate in the offseason program or the mandatory mini camp and the Chiefs are hoping that uh Rashad you know, I, I wrote this today and I and I think this is also true uh, as we're getting ready for camp. They're going to try Trent McDuffie on the outside first. Interesting. And then sort of see where it goes. Um, now Spagnolo is someone that will tinker quite a bit during training camp. But I think for fans who want a general and I a general idea the two people you should really watch at training camp on the defensive side of the ball that are new is George Karloftis because of the pads and what Seth mentioned earlier with the ankles <laughs> and, and you know, Trick McDuffie kind of being on that island. And I think the hope right now is that Rashad Fitton would be on the other island with Snead being capable and, and talented enough to be flexible to go inside to outside depending upon matchups is my understanding as of right now.
0: You mentioned the edge
1: thing, so I thought I I was on the fence about trying to sneak in a little Robert Quinn discussion here. But but since you brought it up, it it do you think that is he the favorite in that batch of names that you could look at? Do you think it is any one particular guy, or the Chiefs are just going to look for a, a value before camp or on cut downs? Or what's your what's your feeling on how aggressive that move would be? All right, now let me do my Bryant Winhorse Horse situation.
2: Yes. Okay. Why did the Chiefs last year sign Alex Okafor right before training camp? Well, I don't know why. Desperation? Why why are my neighbors still shooting off fireworks
1: on July 7th? I don't know if you could hear that or not.
2: (laughs) (laughs) Now, Alex Okafor at one time was a really, really solid player. Mm -hmm. Um, He did not add much uh, to the pass rush rotation a year ago. He is still... Uh, I believe, as of this recording, a free agent. And I mm-hmm. do not believe that he is retiring anytime mm-hmm. soon. Mm-hmm. Would you say that that was a successful move a year ago, fellas?
1: I mean, I would say no. I, it, upon not adding anything and still having it, I think if it was successful, it wouldn't have had to trade for Melvin Ingram. There's my, there's my take.
2: Correct. And, you know, Justin Houston is off the board as of today because he was... He has returned to Baltimore. So why would he do that? Why will Robert Quinn want to attend training camp? This is when I ask about like if Kevin Durant's involved and you go, no, no. no. (laughs) (laughs) No. Why? Why would the Bears keep Robert Quinn On a roster that is not ready to compete in the NFC North. They are waiting for an offer that they like. Mm. So, there are options. I just gave you a few of them. One of which is no longer as of today. Um, But the Chiefs understand, in their minds, that they are probably one more defensive linemen away and that will change sort of the number calculus as we get through training camp in the preseason because as of right now I have more defensive backs on the 53-man roster than I sort of anticipated Mm. but that is in reaction to the idea that there's only really nine to eight linemen that you can feel comfortable counting on your reliability for a 17-game season. And I know Steve Spagnuolo. He does not want to go through a 17-game season with eight, nine defensive linemen because, you know, it's a violent sport and you need to rush the quarterback. And we can't blitz on every third down, although he is inclined to <laughs> want to do that. Steve's
3: Steves to this podcast like, wait, 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 hold up. Why not? Like, what? <laughs> Give me one good reason I can't blitz on every, I, they need to get Chris Jones some help. I can't handle another bad faith conversation about him. I can't do it. Well, I, I I lack, I lack the strength. I know what I must do,
1: but I fear I lack the strength. (laughs) Now, sorry, Nate, I just walked away from my computer. Just put my headphones back on. Have you mentioned that this wouldn't be a big of a problem if Chris Jones was better?
2: No, I haven't I haven't actually yes. mentioned that. I just but, think that's a great point. But it mean. is it is an argument that some people have suggested. Now that is Lord, that is Lord, di- Lord technically that is true. Now look, Akeem Hicks was an interesting option at one point in time, but he's no longer an option. Mm-hmm. Why is Undomican Sue a free agent? <laughs> what? Because he's not gonna
3: sign until Oh, I'm thinking yeah. the third week of August
2: August eighteenth. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> and would you look at that? The boys are packing up the the equipment in St. Joseph. How about that? Yeah. So so look, there there are options. <laughs> I don't know what's really going on in Utah, but what I do <laughs> know is they wanna they they are wanting. Not I'm not saying it's gonna happen because you know there are other teams who have needs similarly in the league. But I think the chiefs want one more player on the defensive line to help rush the quarterback to at least give yourself some insurance that you're not putting all the pressure on George Karloftis' ankles. And you're not asking Frank Clark to give you vintage 2018 from Seattle, you know, menacing uh, production. You know, when he's obviously older and he's coming back from his own uh, disappointments from a year ago. So, um, Josh and Seth, would you pick Domic and Sue, who is available as of right now, free agent, do not have to give up what they would say is an asset, or is Robert Quinn a more attractable option, knowing that, yes, you can have some conversations with Ryan Poles, the general manager of the Chicago Bears, who used to work under Brett Feach, Give a take on that, Seth?
3: I mean, I don't think Ndamukong Sue was quite... I, I mean, I don't know. If he was at least average, it can move the needle and you don't have to give up anything. I'm really hesitant to trade for Robert Quinn. I don't trust those sack numbers at all. Mm-hmm. Um and this is somewhat you know, I'm always banging the drum for that the sacks are often contextual mm-hmm. as much as skill based. When you look at his pressure numbers, they weren't high the way they should be commensurate with that many sacks unless he just got inordinately lucky. And, and that doesn't mean he can't play. It's just he's not, you know you're you're not, in my opinion, grabbing. You know, an elite pass rusher, like people might think when they see eighteen sacks, right? Yeah. And so that—that that to me, I mean, like in twenty twenty, he had like two. No, uh, I mean, if you look throughout his career, it's been pretty back and forth there with the pressure rates a little more consistent because pressure is more consistent. So I just, I would just be really, really cautious if they, if 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 I were them in terms of of
2: trading away assets. So, Um, George Karloftis, nine sacks, (laughs) future betting.
1: (sighs) Can I bet on George Karloftis playing 110% of the Chiefs defensive (laughs) snaps? I don't know that that (laughs) makes sense mathematically, but it feels right. Here's the one thing I'll add on on Robert Quinn. This is also from a a tweet from Spot Track yesterday. That if a team acquires him, they would acquire him at a 13, 14, and 13 million dollar cap hit each of the next three years, but that would be Basically, completely up to the team each year because the Bears would be handling that dead money. Um, so it, it could basically be on a recurring team option for up to three years. So I, I think that the value of that is a little bit interesting. Yeah. I'd rather that is not give up draft picks and I would rather not have to pay somebody 13, 14, 13 million dollars. But there, there is not the, oh, we're stuck with this dude until 2024 downside to it that were the Bears in 2024. Um in twenty twenty three. Are going to carry an eight and a half million dollar cap hit with it with him uh, not on their roster. Just one little bit that I found interesting. Yeah, I yeah. would take anyone to just help. I just yeah, I need somebody take to either get water them. bottles I, to George Karloftis. That's what I'm yeah. concerned about. I, I should. I, I really want to make that clear. I would
3: take either of them. I think Robert Quinn was better than Frank Clark last year rushing the passer by yeah. by by a fair step forward. So absolutely, I'd take him. I just I I just worry. About like the
1: I, I don't think it'll cost that much. Yeah. Hey, what's your what's your what's your pick cutoff, Seth? What what would what would make you uncomfortable? Pick wise? Is it the Ryan Poles pick? That would be the funniest one for sure. That's True. the third rounder, right? Yeah.
2: The, yeah. Comp- like, a, into the first. Uh, post, compensatory. Post- yeah, yeah. compensatory. Yeah.
3: Compensatory. Yeah. I mean, yeah. I mean, it's an extra pick. It's like spending money that you never really had, right? Haven't just, we
2: all been there? Where the uh, stimulus checks at? <laughs> 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 oh, what a time! which, you know, we could talk about the psychology (laughs) of
3: money that you didn't expect. It's not even real. It's like Monopoly money. Hey, hun, we got bills. You know what else we don't have is a boat. Let's go get a (laughs) boat. And so I think the third, because of that contract control you have at a relatively cost control, even with his age and everything, the third rounder would be, but I think I'd do it because I just... I. Really, am scared of this pass rush. Bad way. Um, so I, I
1: think, I think yes, the third I would. Do would that. I think here's the thing. Here's here's just your comparison. Would you trade Leo Chanel for him? That's your that's your third round pick. Of this year. I think sometimes that conversation gets a little more real whenever you have it attached to a player. Um, you know, yeah. you, you can go back and look at Lucas right. Yang and Colin Saunders, and you can also say, would you have traded
2: yeah. those guys for them? And but you but would right now, but to your, but like that's that's a really interesting way of looking at it, Josh, because. You know this team is not in rebuild mode. It is not right. in we need right. young players developing over the course of the year, over the course of their rookie contracts and they're all gonna sort of blossom together. Um, no your your, your quarterback um, is it's there to a, help you win championships. It's been a minute
3: since they've really like hit 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 on a third rounder. Mm-hmm. I mean last year they didn't have one. Um, but I mean like so yeah, you're talking Leo Chanel'll we'll we see how he does. Lucas Niang, Colin Saunders, Derek Nadi, and Dorian O'Daniel, Kareem Hunt, which is a complicated question. Mm-hmm. Uh, but, Kavari Russell. Kavari Russell. Woo! The man, the third-round pick who didn't
1: make it to camp. That and is not, un that's unbelievable. Not not your average third-round pick. 74. He was 74 overall. Yeah. No, that's 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 huge.
3: Uh, I mean, Chris Conley, Steven Nelson. This is actually a lot of people might hear me like going through these names. And say, "Wow, the Chiefs are terrible at drafting third rounders." But this is what it's like by the time you get to the third round, and that's why I'd be willing to part with it. The last home run third round pick the Chiefs had, like like they got Niall Davis, who was like he was a, an okay contributor to an extent, um, but their their last home run was Justin Houston in 2011. For we Travis, Kel- Travis Kelsey in three and thirteen, but yeah. Was, was Kelsey a third rounder? Mm-hmm. Yes. Holy yes. crap. I thought he was a second rounder based on how I looked at that. Travis, I'm very sorry. So, he, so 63. Yeah. So that's a very, very, very high third round pick. Yeah. yeah. So, I mean, well, I would part with a third rounder. I wouldn't really go beyond that. And I certainly don't think, I think if, if if a team had offered anything equivalent to a third rounder, I think he would have been traded already. And so I think a third rounder would
2: certainly do it. But hey, you know, at least Baker Mayfield's got a home. <laughs> like, I think that's when it snapped for me. It was like, wow! I just watched Rafael Nadal do something insane yet again, and oh, we got NFL news! Oh!
0: Baker Mayfield
2: looks his schedule plays the Browns in Week One. <laughs> <laughs> So we're we're kind of back. Hey, did you know, fellas, that Trent Williams is a ninety nine All Madden? So it'll all back.
3: Yep. it'll it'll <laughs> all start to trickle in. <laughs> it's man, what an example for how fast the league comes at you.
1: Oh,
3: crazy be, because I, Baker Mayfield was, I mean,
0: toast.
3: He wasn't considered an elite quarterback, but he was considered like, you know, pretty good, on the rise, you know, a guy that could lead a team in the playoffs, maybe contend, and then just in a very short span. He was I mean, remember, he was in every single commercial. (laughs) He still is (laughs) set up. So awkward. (laughs) Uh, Well,
2: which by the way, those progressive people have to be like, so so he's no longer a brown. We 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 know this. We knew this. And uh do we wanna shoot in Carolina? Do we know he's the <laughs> starter? I mean, he he's gotta beat out you Sam Darnold.
3: You, know <laughs> you know what we do know about insurance companies is that state farm scouting system is Inherit so much better wow. than progressives. That's a they, great
1: point. I hope they, this. I hope this show's not sponsored by any insurance companies.
3: Oh yeah, I'm sorry. We just know State Farm. We do. their NFL scouts are on All point. On it. On they, it. They only the elite quarterbacks at State Farm. Progressive is like they scoured the league. So what and it said.
2: So here's a question. I here's a question I have. What it hurts do. What what it hurts do. What did that? What did Hertz say? How, what? How did Hertz get this man? How? Okay, and I'm saying this in a complimentary way, Hertz. Not in a, not in a negative way. I just want to know what was said. What was said? Because he's charging his body with y'all's equipment. I had to
1: Google this. I didn't know this happened.
2: And I'm supposed to say "Let's go" because he says "Let's go." I mean, I thought we were talking about
1: Jalen Hurts for a second. I was like, boy, (laughs) I really, I like. I looked at my phone for one second. I was completely lost. Wait, hold on. I did insurance. Tom Brady did Hurts commercials.
2: He's he's above insurance commercials, guys. He's now in car commercials. Wow, that's powerful. And not like Lexus. (laughs) Talking Hurts. Hertz. Talking get that get that airport money. Get that weekend money. Get that vacation money. Get that I may not return this money. I mean, (laughs) let's it's just it's impressive on both sides, Hertz and and Mr. Brady. Congratulations. I enjoy those commercials probably more than I should. And I the further we get away from the progressive ads with Baker Mayfield, the more I will probably appreciate them again. Um, I got to go, were, they, gotta they were go in the film room on these. They this were is... everywhere. Um, yeah. And look, I'm waiting to see where Josh Allen's going to go next. I mean, like, mm. Josh, Josh, Josh. I mean, Josh, where, Josh Allen, where you at, man? I mean, who who you going to rep?
1: I'm, is he done? I'm looking right now. I'm Googling Josh Allen commercials and seeing if there's anything that I've just missed here. There, there's got to be an insurance company that is ready to give Josh Allen a huge, huge, huge pile of money. Farmers Insurance, let's go. Step up. Nationwide. Step up. Step Other up. insurance companies that I do not believe are sponsoring this episode of this show. Step up. Want to be sponsored by Times Rds? I'll give I'll send you 10 cents on Venmo. Step up. Me? I don't know. <laughs> um <laughs> Look, we got to we gotta wrap this up shortly, and Seth just did the Batman thing where he throws down a smoke bomb and then just disappears into the shadows. What? I was going to have him. <laughs> I was going to have... I don't even know that you... I might have just broken that news to you, too. Uh, I... You, your jokes weren't bombing with Seth. He just wasn't here anymore. <laughs> um, I, I was going to make him throw the teaser out there, but you should go check this out up in the newsletter, mnchiefsfan.substack.com. Uh, he's got a, a whole film review over Patrick Mahomes' 2021 season uh, and then also just recently mm-hmm. dropped a Jody Fortson review, False Hope or Legitimate Promise. Plants to the audience. Headline, listen here. Listen here. If you've been a Time Zars listener for more than one episode, you already you you had to go you know read the story, but you already know that Seth's not about to hit this man with false hope. No
2: shit. Chance. chance. I mean, come no on. Chance. Look, Are you kidding me? I like Seth. I'm gonna text Seth to to listen to this part, but like he uses a clip from the Washington game, and I remember it as if I'm still in FedEx Field's press box. Where they, they had him in a one on one running a slant, and he was so yes. wide open. Yes. And which makes it worse because, like, literally 30 minutes later, he was being pulled off the field on a stretcher, unfortunately, with a season 80 injury, which he has quickly returned from in a very impressive way. And I'm sure we'll talk to him um, pretty early on into training camp. But man, like, there are matchups to be had and that's pretty much Seth's entire article <laughs> oh, oh, man I, I it's just it look it I, we said it's training camp month that's true
1: but it's also fourth season it it's also three. is
2: fourth season, fourth season remember, is back upon us. remember we were getting hyped because Jody Fortson was coming across the formation wiping out defensive ends who by the way don't know if he made the Arizona Cardinals roster have no clue but oh, no. he he removed man from play. And, you know, that's how he won the job. Other, you know, beyond one-handed catches and, you know, just wild athleticism. Um, mm, I just but, watched the block again. Ugh. Oh, it's so good. But, like, guys, guys, we are less than a month. We're about a month. Eh, we're probably less than a month from real pads oh. on football fields. Like confrontations kerfuffles kerfuffles it's kerfuffle season like we're so close from like Andrew Wiley having to be like guys guys guys. <laughs> first preseason
1: game August 13th we are it is rapidly approaching friends yeah. Chiefs Bears by the way we're gonna the Robert Quinn game they can just they can just drop him <laughs> off or I guess the Chiefs can just take him yeah home with
2: them Yeah, it, it reminds me of the scene in Moneyball when they're like uh I don't wanna like just just send him across the hallway. Just 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 <laughs> <laughs> We don't we don't like I don't wanna play against him tonight, so just right. bring him bring him across the bullpins.
1: <laughs> God so good. Uh, all right, last last thing from you, Nate, and then we gotta get out of here. Um, was there anything else that from your your roster breakdown? again people, which, if you want to see all the names, and you got to go look at the story. I don't. I'm not going to sit here and read you the, the full 53. But you you talked about the the pass rush in the corners a little bit. Was there anything else that you got to? And you're like, oh, this, you know, this guy missed the cut in the numbers game, or oh, I'm kind of surprised this guy made the cut, or or a little hype you've bought into.
2: Yeah, it's it's um it's something that I I referenced, and I think fans should kind of have this sense. If you are going to go up to St. Joseph, which by all means, please do. It's a wonderful time. Um, I think the first, let me look at this again, just so I can do the, uh, the public service announcement. The first full practice of the entire team that is open to the public for you to watch for free is July 28th. Um, Mm. So, you know, when you get there um, either on that day or moving forward afterwards, um, the the thing that i figured out as i wrote this josh is that i am more i'm more intrigued about running backs than i am receivers mm. and the reason for that is because just adding one more player to the group kind of like we talked before about defensive linemen, can really, you know, shift the conversation and with the chiefs adding jerk mckinnon back who by the way savvy veteran move i only mm-hmm. sign <laughs> when they're already done with the mandatory mini camps yep so like i ain't gotta do that you know i'll just i'll just show up when it's camp time but look with sancho yep see you in the dorms see maybe in the dorm your bunk bed yeah. yeah right i mean like but he was a real like contributor last year like like a real mm-hmm. playmaker particularly in late december early january so with Ronald Jones and Clyde edwards and Little Poppy and Derek Gore, don't forget about Derek Gore, mm-hmm. one of those guys is not making the team. And that kind of makes me sad. Yeah. Because I think Michael Burton is on the roster, guys. Like Andy Reid, uh, if he has a fullback, he uses the fullback. So Michael Burton, you know, I would be shocked if he didn't make the 53-man roster. So that usually means that you have four running backs to, to work with as you open up the season. And I would like to see Isaiah Pacheco in a preseason context, how many of those reps he gets, how many of those snaps we see. Um, Some of that could be squashed a bit just because, you know, you might see more Derek Gore than him. Um, You know, there are other undrafted quality players at the position. And so, I think we pretty much know who the top four are at wide receiver, um, which is MBS, Juju, Hardman, and Sky Moore. I don't know who the four are at running back. And so that's why I believe running back is more interesting for me this year than receiver.
1: I'm just going to say this the one time about Michael Burton. He seems wonderful. You know, I'm pro fullback, generally speaking. He played 94 snaps offensively for this team last year in the regular season. That's less than Derek Gore, Mike Rimmers, who I'm guessing some people forgot was on the team last year. Jarek McKinnon, Josh Gordon. When did Josh Gordon get into the fold? Nate, don't think it was, don't think it was a huge part. Super early. That's fewer snaps than, uh, than Noah Gray got right. last year. Right. I, I understand that Andy Reid's always going to roster a fullback, but this dude played. 17 more snaps than Nick Allegretti did last year. He played a lot. He played a lot of special team snaps. Yep. Just wonder if maybe maybe Noah Gray could get those, and we can you know he also played a lot of special team snaps. But maybe maybe Noah Gray could be your your fullback a couple of times, and you, or or just play Bell. I don't know. And, and maybe yeah. give yourself a roster spot. I don't. That's you know that's what I would do. But uh, <coughs> you haven't asked me, so <laughs> I'll just I'll just sit over here and twiddle my thumbs. Yeah. So I get it. It's just I'm just gonna keep you know bringing that stat up.
2: Yeah, no, it it makes a lot of sense, especially in a league where passing is, you know, seems to be important. Seems important. Yeah. <laughs> uh,
1: all right. Well, so there you go. If you want to uh, to read what Seth has on uh, Patrick Mahomes last season and on uh, Jody Fortson and what he might bring this season, you can go check that out in the Chief the North newsletter, mnchiefsfan.substack.com. And Nate's work, of course, all up on The Athletic. Um, what I honestly do, sometimes I'll just start typing theathletic.com slash, and it'll take me straight to Nate's author page. You go theathletic.com slash author slash Nate-Taylor. I've That's a frequently visited way of doing it for me personally. Certainly. um so you can you can do that there as well and yeah as you mentioned earlier um i'm i'm moving from uh, nights to middays to co-host the zone with jason anderson on uh, sports 3 10w yeah, starting in uh, starting in a little over a week so Whoa. I'm excited about that last aes will be next monday um and then uh, and then i'm off for, then i'm immediately off for four straight days and then i start on the zone on the, the 18th so uh, we all just got we just got Irons in the fire out here. And that's that what else could you ask for other than a bunch of irons in the fire right into training camp? We're gonna be just as hot as the St. Joe sun by the time that gets there. <laughs> All very sweaty.
2: Very sweaty tent. Guys, but, uh looking forward to it. It's hot here. Yeah. It's gonna be even hotter up there, which doesn't really make sense even though they're north of Kansas City. But it but it makes sense for training camp. Sometimes it just is. Sometimes I've looked at the at at my Mobile device, and it has told me it's hotter in St. Joseph than it is Kansas City, and I go, why do they do this? Why? Why? <laughs> why? 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 Why, God? Why? Um, <laughs> and then, you know, there are there are times where, look, hey, if Justin Ross makes the practice squat that is not a failure of Justin Ross. It is the situation that he might be in. I am not trying to truncate or squash or diminish the Ross hype. Clearly, if he does something in camp, I will tell you about it. It just I just it's okay. I could be wrong. Josh, last year I put Laurent Dudret Tardif as the starting right guard cuz I like to just give the veterans the chance because they've done it before. Sure. And then on the literal first rep of training camp, there was Trey Smith, and you said, well, you know what? I'm going to have to change this. So it's just, it's just, (laughs) it's a fluid projection, it changes, guys rise, guys falls, and and wow, two weeks time, we're going to start to actually do that, so I don't know, I don't know, Josh. I'm just going to go back, swing across New York City with my kid, and, and hope that, you know, Perhaps the next time we'll all talk, Orlando Brown will have a deal or won't have a deal and we'll try to make all, you know, make the sense of it all. But, uh, wow, it's great to be back and I'm sweaty and I'm inside my own house in air conditioning because I'm just thinking about training camp.
1: And now here's the trailer for The Athletic's next
2: narrative series
1: titled Luck. We peel back the curtain in a way that's never been done before on one of the most unique careers in NFL history. Get all six episodes of luck on the Athletic Football Show feed on Monday, July 11th, wherever you listen to podcasts.
3: At the center of one of the greatest what-ifs in NFL history is one of the greatest quarterback prospects of all time. What if the Colts have protected Andrew Luck?
0: It's amazing that the
2: Colts could move on from Peyton Manning
0: and nobody really blinked. The reason why
1: Andrew turned around the Colts and turned around Stanford was that beast inside of him that would look at the opposing team and say, I'm going to kill you today. My encounters with him were unlike other encounters I would have with quarterbacks. He could have been a thoracic surgeon. He could have been anything.
2: I don't think there's ever been a smaller gap between someone's floor and their ceiling
0: if it's one to ten he's a ten in every category this Tom Brady Peyton Manning Ben Roethlisberger all rest one
2: high-end he's a Hall of Famer low-end he's a multi-year Pro Bowler like I can't see there's any way this guy doesn't succeed I just remember him saying Jacoby like, this is gonna sound weird, but but can you hit me on the sideline because I need to feel the game right now. I go, I don't think I'm supposed to hit you. When Andrew, it was very secretive. Seeing all the treatment he would go through, see all the hits he would endure. It was like, man, I know you have to be injured. He gets sandwiched between two linebackers at that moment. He has a ruptured kidney. The sort of injury you sustain in a car crash, basically. I never knew what the hell was bothering me until all this news came out and it was like, oh, wait, he was suffering from this? It was all news to us. If the people that had succeeded us that put a team
0: around him, as we did with Peyton, the results probably would have been the same. Andrew Luck has become a cautionary tale for any team with an up-and-coming quarterback who doesn't have protection. I remember both of us having a moment where we both were teary-eyed going, man, this beautiful, beautiful player is uh, not gonna play anymore.
3: I'm Zach Kiefer from The Athletic, and I'm the host of a new podcast series called Luck. It's the Andrew Luck story as you've never heard it. The series looks to answer this question. How did the greatest quarterback prospect since John Elway, the very player the Colts moved on from Peyton Manning for, end up walking away from the game before he was 30 years old? All six episodes will be released on July 11th. Look for Luck on The Athletic Football Show podcast feed wherever you get your podcast and listen to luck ad-free on the Athletic app.